Welcome to the Four Listeners Program. Welcome aboard, everybody. Thanks for checking us out this week. What up, everybody? I'm Spear. On the mics with me this week is the mighty Gantor. What is up, Gantor? Hey, man. What's going on? You sound funny. You want to know why I sound funny? Yeah, why do you sound funny? Because for the first time in nearly 200 shows, I am doing this show while intoxicated. I don't believe you. I am. So help me God, I am. I am doing this show for the first time with a few beers in me. Usually I don't do that. Usually we record in the middle of the week, and there's really no good reason for me to be drinking in the middle of the week. But as we there's sit here, a perfect reason. Well, you got a job, right? <laughs> yeah. But as we sit here right now, it's a Friday night. We couldn't figure out how to get a, a, a scheduled recording date between the three of us throughout the rest of the week. Ganthor and I were just sitting here on a Friday night, and we're like, oh, fuck it. Let's record a show. Well, we, we did have a date earlier in the week, but I fell asleep. <laughs> good job. Work clothes and everything. Good Keys, job. wallet. Everything. 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 Only thing missing was his shoes. There you go. So now here we are. It's a Friday night, and Ganthor and I, we're going to do the show. Z is out doing whatever it is Z does on Friday nights. What, what he does on Friday nights. Who knows what he does on Friday nights. And you know what? What are you, what are you doing know. on Friday night, Z? Post it on the Facebook page. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> let, let us all know. Uh, what do we got going on this week, Ganthor? Uh, nothing. Okay. <laughs> Snow Good on show. the first day of spring. How's Good. that for bullshit? Yeah, that's some bullshit, too. Something must be done about fucking snow on the first day of spring, but that's not what we're here to talk about tonight, Gantor. It's not? It's not. Don't fuck with me. We had a topic. We were going to talk about something in particular. Uh, See, I'm now, lost without my teleprompter. Now you're just now you're just fucking with me. We were going to be talking about speeches, thank you speeches, acceptance speeches. Oh, the things we're not good at. The things we're not good at, Ganthor. Why don't you go ahead and give start? start I off. got public speaking. Public speaking. There you go. There we go. Get us started. Um, Some must be done about public speaking. There you go. I'm just going to take a sip of my beer while we're while more you're... more specifically. What started it all was at the Oscars. All the the thank you speeches. Never a good thing. No, because nobody cares. Because all they do is is rattle off a bunch of names of people you've never really heard of. And a bunch of people that probably didn't deserve the thanks in the first place. And it's a waste of time. I, I would love to see somebody go up there, say thank you, and walk off. There's three different things that I find are wrong with those types of speeches. One is that by the time you've gotten to the Oscars, you've already thanked people. Because you've probably accepted that same award at least three or four other times. Whether it be the, the Golden Globes or the SAG Awards or my grandmother's giving you an award or what have you. right? The Oscars yep. is kind of the end of, of award season. So you've already thanked the whole free world. The fuck are you doing up there thanking everybody else that's on your list at that point? Yeah. Who needs to hear it? Right? Nobody. You thank them personally. The, uh, the, the second thing, if you're, not, if you're not thanking people, they're up there on message. Fucking, that's not See, the... I, I would actually prefer that they did that instead of the mindless, stupid thank yous. But is that really the time, Ganthor? Well, when else are they going to have a better opportunity, but a I'm better not... audience, captive audience? Yeah, but I'm not there. I'm not watching the Oscars for political nonsense. I'm watching to be entertained. You know what? I don't have a problem. I don't have a problem with the political speech. Really? I'd rather that than, uh, like, thank God and Thor... And, and my mom's and grimace grimace <laughs> who in in the history of thank you speeches has ever thanked grimace i don't know but we're talking about grimace right the purple dinosaur from yeah. mcdonald's right like yeah 
Grimace and the Hamburglar. It makes it makes about as much sense as the people that they actually do name. <laughs> yeah, I'd like to thank the Hamburglar for making this possible. Fuck. Exactly. Exactly. The third thing. The third thing that frustrates me is the amount of time allotted for the speech, but the Oscars in particular, because when they start bringing up the people for like best screenplay, best costume design, best whatever. They get like thirty seconds, right? And like your your best actor, best actress, best supporting, what have yous. They get all the time in the world. In fact, the the orchestra will start playing, and somebody will say, "Nope, I'm just going to keep going." And then it's like endearing. But it's, when it's a little bit, it depends what they're talking about. If they're just spouting off names, you know, I don't really care. But if they're sincere about what it is that they're saying, then sure. I'll support them blasting through that orchestra music. But what about the poor bastard who just who just want look? This is a guy who did best costume design or best best special right. effects. Right, he's never gonna be this high ever again. Right, he's in front of his entire community. Right, he's standing up in front of the entire entertainment community, and he's deserving of every one of the accolades that should be coming his or her way. And yet, the the fucking orchestra is playing him off. Yep. No, no, no. You're not as important as the other people who we have to give awards to later. You need to go on your way now, sir. What the fuck is that about? Yeah, that's true. I agree with you. I don't like it all. I don't like it all. If you're going to give out an award and you're going to give somebody time to give a speech, you give the same amount of time regardless. Because every one of those awards should be equal. I agree. That's what I'm saying, Ganthor. I completely agree with you. You wholeheartedly agree with me? Wholeheartedly. Thank you, sir. It's been a while since you've wholeheartedly agreed with me. I know. I haven't wholeheartedly agreed with anything. I don't know. What's wrong with you? You're like on this me- on this mean streak. I've always been mean. No, no, no. But this, this in particular, you're, you're not agreeable. Not as agreeable as you used to be. Really? Yeah. I don't know. That, have I ever been agreeable? Yes, you have. You have, Ganthor. Huh. I don't know. Something happened to you. Yeah. Something happened. I don't know what it is. I don't know. We should explore this another time, but not now. We should. The hard part with all of these thank you speeches is the banality of it all. Like you said, the, I thank my wife, I thank my mother, I thank my dog. I don't give a shit, honestly. I don't give a shit. It's the same thing when you start asking athletes to answer questions. This happens every time, every game, pre-game, post-game, middle of the week, doesn't matter. An athlete is never, in any professional sport, is not going to give you an honest answer to any question you ask them. They're going to give you some coach speak. That's true, yeah. Right? They're going to give you some, well, you know, we got to stick to our game plan. You know, we got to play hard, work together as a team. (laughs) But whatever. I mean, it's like no athlete will ever give you an honest answer. An honest answer. To the point of why why do the uh, journalists even ask it? Exactly. Exactly. You know they're just trying to get a... It's like a game to them, right? So you can get them to crack, spill the... You know, say something honest. Right. You're you're asking the question on the off chance right. that you get somebody to actually give you some, some honest answer, some display of emotion, some display of humanity. Because these, these guys are trained to just give robotic answers. Yeah. Like, uh, I think that the most ridiculous that Marshawn, he told you what he's going to say. Right. He's going to give you the same answer to every question. And you know what? You still ask it anyway. Just let it go. Let it go. And let he got go. dinged. This fucking douchebag idiot from Philadelphia, Howard Eskin. Oh, I hate him so much. Was 
all up Marshawn Lynch's ass. He's like, well, why did he even bother coming out? Why didn't he just take the fine? Yeah, okay. Why don't you pay his fine? Pay his fine. It was going to be a big-ass fine, motherfucker. Yeah. You know? I mean, the guy guy came out in protest. He's like, I'm just here because I have to be. So for those of you who didn't follow along with this, for the Super Bowl, everybody who participates in the Super Bowl has to come out for what they call media day. And it's a circus. Every athlete who participates in the Super Bowl has to come out, sit at a desk. They have to sit there and they have to answer questions. And Marshawn Lynch has been noted to be kind of truculent with the media. He just doesn't like talking to them. He's very short with them. It's not his thing. The guy's kind of... Yeah, he's got a social issue. Yeah. So, all right. So, we're going to put this... We're going to force this guy to be in, in a position where he has to talk to hundreds of reporters at a time. And he doesn't want to be there. He doesn't right. want yeah. to be there. Right. So, yes, I, I agree. So, what does he do? He comes out and he says, I'm just here so I won't get fined. Yep. And he just keeps saying it. They keep asking questions and he just keeps saying it. I'm just here so I won't get fined. And you kind of give him you got to give him at least a yeah, little bit of credit for it. that. He stuck with it. He knew what was going to happen. He knew these reporters were going to eat his lunch. But whatever, yeah. he did it anyway. Yeah. Yeah, I like him. I'm glad he does it. It's for Dave. If you don't want to go out there, don't go out there. And if you went around let the athletes that want to go out there go out there. How many times do you ask an offensive lineman questions? That's exactly right. Or the punter. The punter. But those guys are out there up. too. Those guys are out there too, and they're just giving you the the kind of the blanket yeah, the, answer. Yeah, the cliche. Exactly. Trite. Exactly. Trope. Crap. Exactly. So what what are you expecting? You ask ten guys on that team. You're probably you ask ten guys on that team the same question. You'll probably get the same answer back from at least eight of them, almost word for word. Yeah, you could <laughs> you could take every answer ever given and just classify it and analyze it and it would come down to three things pretty much gotta stick to the game plan come up with it man right we gotta execute on our game plan we gotta play together as a team and i gotta thank god we gotta thank god looking out for me today there you go that's it and we crush these guys we crush these athletes who aren't public speakers you know they're meatheads let's be frank these guys some of them are capable some of them are but not you know eight out of ten of them aren't their balls busted for being emotional and excited Remember the shit Richard Sherman got? Right. For, like, screaming at the camera in a, in a display of emotion. excited. Right. Oh, no, angry black man, watch out. Right. Can't have that, no. That's exactly right. I know, it's like we ding these guys when they give us all of the, the, the rote coach speak type of shit. Right, and then you ding them when they're honest. That's exactly right. It's stupid. Something must be done about that. Something must be done about that. I mean, like, you're asking these guys to speak in public. To, to, they have 25 microphones shoved in their faces. They have lights and cameras in front of them. Do you know how much editing goes into this show? How hard it is to say things and not say things that you'll regret and that type of thing? Can you imagine doing that live? Live. And nobody's going to edit that. safety net. And if they do edit it, they're going to edit to make you look bad. At least when I edit, possible. I edit to make us look as good as possible. <laughs> <laughs> which is which is now no which is no it. simple feat, let me tell you. Have you ever given a speech like in front of like a, a whole like lot of like not like in a meeting? Like I every, everyone's had to give their presentation in a meeting. Yeah. But have you ever had to give a big speech in front of a group of people? I think the biggest was my Younger brother's best man speech. Oh, those are the worst. At his wedding. I had Klonopin, some alcohol. I don't remember anything after the first three sentences. (laughs) 
no joke. I don't. I was on autopilot. It's like my subconscious came up, and it's like I got this. I have to this day after three sentences, I have no idea what I said, and it, it's kind of to that point where you did you see the Wolf of Wall Street? I have. Do you remember when he drove home from the club after it's he had, after like he had the, the really ancient drugs and he was all completely fucked? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where he drove home perfectly. And he was he was amazed that he could do that because he was so jacked up. Mm-hmm. And then the next morning, he actually realizes where he sees the video of what actually happened. Right. I feel like that's what my best man speech was like because people said it was really good, best one that they've heard, that type of thing. I'm like, yeah, it's probably awesome. I'm sure if I watched it, that it would be just horrible, worse than our show, horrible. <laughs> so I never want to I never want to see it again or hear it. I just want to live in the memory what little memory I have of doing a good job. So when you give a speech, are you a, um, you're not a notes guy. You are a, no, cause if I can't, yeah, if I, it it has to be natural to me, which is why I can't be an, I could never be an actor. Cause I, I couldn't get to that point, right. Where the lines are natural things that I would actually say. Cause I can, I can, I feel like I can tell that when an actor's saying things in an acty way, you don't want it to feel too rehearsed. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I I feel like I can pick that out pretty well, but then everybody's like, yeah, no doubt. Anybody can pick out a bad actor, but you know what I mean. See, I'm kind of – I'm on the other side of it. I like to know what I'm going to say. Maybe not – I mean, there's a certain rhythm and a cadence when you're giving a speech. And, like, you want to plan your thoughts. You want to plan your thoughts. You want to plan how those thoughts are going to be executed. I mean, good. a good speech – a good speech should blow the doors off the place. A, a good speech – should bring people to their feet. Yeah, I'm with you. And if you and if you if you're winging it to a certain degree, you lose your ability to kind of plan where people are going to come to their feet, or where they're going to applaud, or where they're going to feel the kinds of things that you're trying to get across. Yeah, or you're going to say the wrong thing because you're in the heat of the moment. You're like, this will be really funny if I say this, and then you end up, and then it bombs incredibly, and in then you're nowhere. And then you're going, these are the jokes, people. <laughs> like, I got nothing else, you know? Yeah. No, a good, good, a good speech should bring people to their feet at the end of it. You know, I, I mean, it goes kind of back to where we had our guest, Ina, who was, you know, when she's watching someone give a speech, she's, she's going to be distracted by some of the more physical things. If the speech isn't good. Like you'll be distracted by what someone's wearing or whether or, not, whether or not somebody's got it up in full screen or whether or not somebody's got their hand in their pocket. But <laughs> if, if the speech is good and the yep. emotion is there. Yeah, then you, you, don't, you don't notice that stuff. You don't notice it because the, the presence of the speaker is so commanding. Like the best leaders are those that can stand up in front of a group of people and command their attention. When I worked for a very large company, a very large e-commerce company, at my last gig. Oh, that's C- weird. I did too. Yeah, I know. And the CEO of the company uh, came to visit. When, when he spoke, you could tell why he was the CEO of a multi-billion dollar company. There was no disputing it. The man stood up in front of hundreds of people and commanded the room. And that's, that's not easy. It's not easy to stand up there and not have people looking at their, burying their faces in their smartphones. That's true. I was so angry about my job at that point. I was like, I hate my job. I hate this company. Fuck him. Fuck the company. Fuck everything. <laughs> fuck everybody. Fuck their moms. I was, I was so miserable. 
by the time he finished speaking for an hour, an hour and a half, or whatever it was, you were I was, ready to suck him off. Right? I was, I was going, all right, maybe it's not so bad. Maybe You're it's not so bad. Suck him off. Compare that to the next day. The next day, the head of my particular group got up and gave a calamitous performance. I'm like, nope. I hate my job. I hate my guy. I hate, I hate this company. I hate this fucking guy. Right? So just, yeah. just I mean, compare and contrast. The the CEO of a multi billion dollar company gets up and crushes it and command. Like at the end of it, we all stood up. The, his his <laughs> lieutenant gets up the next day and basically just destroys everyone's everyone's everything <laughs> you know nice that's the difference that's the difference with good public speaking and good oratory and that's why that's what makes leaders out of people that's probably why i'm in the position i'm in and you're in the position you are in what does that mean you're a good speaker and i'm not Wait, we both record this podcast every week ganthor it's not like i'm a much better speaker than you are uh clearly you are why uh you've heard me try to intro a show before terrible being able to int- to come into a show and get out of a show doesn't make someone a good public speaker. You know what makes a good public speaker? What? Confidence. See, I'm I'm arrogant enough to believe that if I'm standing up in front of a group of people and I'm giving a speech, every one of the people in that room is interested in what I have to say. <laughs> that's just me. <laughs> that's how you know I that's roll. That's not true. Well, it may, it may not be true, but that's how I roll. Like, if I'm standing up in front of a group of people, the, the biggest thing that affects a good speech is stage fright. You and I could deliver the same exact words. If somebody wrote out a speech and you and I delivered the speech, I might deliver it better than you only because I would walk into that room with a giant erection. <laughs> because I wouldn't give a shit. I'd be like, yes, I am here to speak. Who wants to hear me speak? You, on the other hand, you'd be like, oh, my God, I have to give this speech. Fucking speech. I can't, I, you know. That's true. That's true. So how did you get good at it? I have that weird gene. I don't get the stage fright. I don't have the stage fright gene. I don't care. I'm freakish in this regard. <laughs> I don't I'll give a say, shit. How did you, like, how, I just, I don't get, how did you develop that? You, I, I didn't. It, it, it wasn't developed. Yeah, I mean, you discovered it like uh, Peter Parker and web slinging. It's, it's my superpower. <laughs> I got bit by a radioactive public speaker. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> Some politician came up and gnawed on my arm. I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know I'm you. sure he gnawed on something. Yeah, that's right. Well, you know what's interesting about speeches, though? Like the most famous speeches, you can you can refer to by a single line. Like like I had it. I had a dream today. Yep. One small step for a man. That's right. Ask not what your country can do for you. You know, the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. Yep. Some of these speeches are so famous by one line, like wear sunscreen. These are the, the seminal speeches of our history, and you remember them. You remember them not only because of the content of them, but you remember them because of how they were delivered. You remember them because of the speaker. I mean, there were hundreds there for the I Had a Dream speech. And not only do you remember the, the power of the words of Martin Luther King— but you remember the, the emotion and the power of his delivery. Same goes for JFK. Same goes for Churchill. Same goes for LBJ. Same goes for uh, any of these speakers who have these speeches that have endured. You remember them because of the way they were delivered. That's, not, I mean, that's, my, that's my whole thing with public speaking. You can write down the words and you could read them back. Like You could read the, the text of the I Had a Dream speech. 
but listen to the recording. Listen to the words as they're coming out of Martin Luther King's mouth. And listen to the emotion. Listen to the cadence. Listen to the rhythm of it. And it can't help but inspire. A good speech will, will teach somebody something. A great speech will inspire them. And that's the difference. Listen to you getting all deep and stuff. Well, I'm drunk as shit. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a do you have a speech that you really remember? No. You you have never been you've never been present I've for I've never a, been that moved. You've no. never been present for a speech from somebody like professionally or personally in school, commencement, what have you. You've never been present for a speech where you you actually went wow. Where I wanted to run through walls or something? Well, maybe not run through walls or been wowed? but no. well, but wow. I can't one is not coming to mind. Huh. It's weird. Is that weird? It is weird. Well, you name one. Well, that I've been present for. Was yeah. The, was the the CEO that I was talking about earlier? Oh, whatever. But that was. But no. But that was for real. I mean, the guy, the guy within within the hour, hour and a half that he was talking, I I, w- I had reconsidered whether or not I was going to leave the company. And let me tell you something. At the mo- at that point, I was ready to light the building on fire. <laughs> so. That was a huge turnaround for me. I, I felt that man's passion. He was, he was so... I, I, it's hard to describe. You, you could feel his passion for the company. You could, feel for, you could feel what it meant, what the company meant to him personally. And I'm like, my God, if this is, my, if this is, our, this is our leader, this is my leader, how do, I, how, how do I take just a little bit of his passion... And, and internalize it and nurture it and make that a part of me so that I can, I can do as well for the company as he, as he wants me to. Fair enough. But, that was, but that's ridiculous because the next day, my most direct leader completely <laughs> extinguished that flame. He's like, no, not only am I going to extinguish it, I'm going to stomp on it and stomp on you, you dopey motherfucker. <laughs> uh, You've never experienced no. that? No. You've never experienced a speech that wanted to lift you up out of your chair? No. Nope. Oh, I feel sorry for you. Well, I'm not asking for your pity. No, because, like I said, a good speech should bring you to your feet. A good speech should inspire you. It shouldn't be the trite bullshit that people give when they thank somebody. It should be something emotional. It should be something that comes from the heart. And it should not only come from somewhere deep inside you, but it should also bring somebody else to that same level of passion. You have no idea what to do with me right now, do you? No, I don't. <laughs> this is what Not, happens. This no. is I cannot drink during recording anymore. Yeah, I, see, I thought you get crazy and stupid and, and funny, but you just get even more on the ball, public speaker, dude. Uh, that's what I should do. Is next, time I, uh, next time I give a speech, I should get shit-faced. Yeah. Yeah, you should. It would probably work out pretty well for you. That's right. So I'm going to run for president of the United States. I'm going to be completely yeah, trashed. Be, be completely <laughs> trashed. Entire campaign. <laughs> what? What's the campaign budget being spent on? Alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck the ads. We don't need that shit. The candidate needs to be trashed before he goes out in front of the fucking group of people he's going to be talking to next. Well, are you inspired by any of this? No. Then I haven't done my job. I need to drink more beer. Well, I could see. No, I mean I could see. You, I'm not inspired by much of anything. Maybe that's so. maybe that's the problem. That could be it too. You're uninspirable. 
No, I can get inspired. I think I feel money inspires me. Money doesn't inspire. Money motivates. It's a difference. What's the difference? Motivation versus inspiration. It's emotional. Motivation is something you, you, you do because you have to. You do because you want to. Inspiration is you do because something feels good. You're inspired to do something because it's going to make you feel good. Your mom inspires me. God damn it! What did we learn, Gansor? What did you learn about public speaking? What did you learn? I'm only here so I don't get fined. <laughs> Very good. Uh, what did I learn? I learned that goods, a good speech should knock your socks off. And, and I learned that Ganthor has never experienced that. And I feel bad for you, Ganthor. Whatever. But, I mean, you have, to, you have to appreciate what a good speech really means. Maybe, you should, maybe next time I'm going to give a speech, you should come along. All right. Invite me. I will. Okay. I will. And you will. I will heckle you. Yeah, see, that's, that, that's going to throw me off my game. You know I what, though? No, 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 no. I'm going I'm to do it. I'm going to take that as a challenge, though, Ganthor. I'm, you're okay. going to heckle me, and then I'm going to win you over. Challenge accepted. Challenge accepted. By the end of it, you are going to come to your feet, and you are going to be inspired, Ganthor, because that's what good oratory should do. So if you think that good oratory should bring people to their feet and inspire them, why don't you go ahead and let us know on the Facebook page, facebook.com slash listeners or fourlisteners.com. You can check out the show on Stitcher Radio or on iTunes. Just search for Four Listeners, and we'll pop right on up. Or you could tweet at us on the Twitters at Four Listeners. We thank you for checking us out this week, and we hope that you will check us out again next week. Thanks a bunch, everybody.